Welcome back, everybody, to episode... You know this is episode 10 of our podcast? Oh it's my episode gosh. 2 of season 2, ten. but it's episode 10. Man, George, could... we're going to look back on this when we're like, you know, 85, and you, you'd probably be 84, because you're quite a bit younger than me. I'm a child. And... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll look fondly on our 10th episode. The one, the one where we discussed one of the most important pieces of media... And honestly, like, it was pretty good. Yeah, honestly, like, probably one of the best parodies I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I um, would rank it better as a parody than Spaceballs was. I, ooh, I don't know about that. Spaceballs is pretty near and dear. That's like, I've seen that movie a lot. Like, I think (laughs) Spaceball gets its credit because it's, it's funny. Like, Spaceballs is hilarious. But it's a lot of it just Mel Brooks humor in a Star Wars world. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this was literally a Pride and Prejudice total. Um, it was a really well done parody of it. It it matched like the wittiness of Pride and Prejudice was oh, totally yeah. conveyed in this. Well, um, I, I think that's what like like Spaceballs at its core. You're right. Is like it's it's not really it, it's not really Star Wars in anything other than that. It just takes like like it's like world yeah. world elements right like right it, it, there's it's it's sort of absent of actually there's, there's a princess and there's dark dark helmet darth vader <laughs> but that's that's and the schwartz but that's like where spaceball ends as a star wars parody yeah none of the non the non uh non um non-world stuff that makes star wars star wars is actually in Spaceballs. right yeah so yeah um but but yeah the well, should we, should we, are we just going to like, like completely disregard intros now for the show or should I? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll leave that in your court. Do an I, intro I'm as fine. you see fit. I'm fine dropping the intro for now and just seeing, you know. Hunter, give us a one sentence intro. All right. Well, I guess, yeah, I should say you're listening to, uh, let me tell you something about, which is a show where we tell you something about. And it's it's it, it had an original conception as a certain kind of show, and now it's sort of morphed into something else. Uh, this week we're talking about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is a yes. uh, satirical movie that I think was made in 2016. Uh, and yeah, it's it's we're giving our thoughts on it. Last week we talked about Pride and Prejudice. We, me and George read uh, uh, a length of the book. <laughs> And also watch the 2005 movie, which, by the way, uh, a fan. So I I consulted a fan and this fan will be happy to know that they have been uh, mentioned in the show. Uh, This fan was a particular fan of Pride and Prejudice and had seen all the movies, read all the books. Mm -hmm. I guess there's only one book. Um, And they said that the 2005 one is actually not the best. It's it's yeah, it's it's, I've heard that the the miniseries is the one the the Mm -hmm. best one. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we're talking about the same fan, but I, I won't I won't hazard to guess who it is. <laughs> um, but I also consulted with a fan of the, uh, the series of the of the fair. fiction, and we, we they, have so they many told, fans. It's hard. We to, have so hard to so many, <laughs> and uh, they they also said that it's the one with um, Colin Firth. The nineteen ninety five miniseries mm-hmm. um, is the superior one. And and funnily enough, that was actually something I took away from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was. Uh, should we should we shorthand it to PPZ? As PPZ a, versus PPZ. PP. Yeah, yeah. P, with <laughs> PPZ, um, 
I, I thought it would have made a pretty good miniseries, actually. Because, I mean, not only were there a lot of unresolved plot points, I'm sure that you picked up on as well at the end. Yep. And I don't know if that was sort of, you know, begging for a, a, a sequel subtly. But honestly, like, with the way, like, how well, how well it was and just, like, all the different, you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll go over right. all the aspects that we liked it. Like, I think it would have made a pretty good, like, eight, eight episode, you know. Yeah. The, the world building was fantastic. Oh, there is a gosh. book. It, like, it's based on a book. Somebody oh, wrote really? a parody okay. book. And I don't know if there's a series with that. I have no knowledge of that book at all. Um, wow. But so I, I could have I could see it becoming a series. But I'm almost glad that it wasn't because it was one and done. It ended on a it ended well. Yeah. And you know, some of the series can drag out. But I could be I could be convinced to watch a series of PPZ. <laughs> Well, um, the only the only thing, like the only reason I say that too, is because like right up front, a big criticism I think is that it felt too like busy in terms of what it was trying to yes. say. So it was like it was trying to both be Pride and Prejudice, which it did a pretty good job of, honestly. Like I, I think it's pretty comparable to the 2005 movie in how well it communicates the plot. Yep. Yep. Maybe you know lacks in a few spots, and then it's also trying to be a zombie movie. And then it's also sort of trying to be a humorous tie together of those two, which yes. like all of those things are doable together, but it's hard to do that in hours. Yeah, it was it was a lot minutes. to do, and I, I think they yeah. struck a good balance. I agree. Yeah. Now, if I had to define this film, like define the genre, yeah. I, what I would have said, and this is just um, from watching it, but then I was because I was so impressed with how much of Pride and Prejudice they still put in. Yeah. I would call this a Pride and Prejudice movie. That has zombies, not a zombie movie that's about Pride and Prejudice. I, I would agree, yeah. It's like, it's 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 a zombie movie in the way The Walking Dead is a zombie movie. It's like, it's, The Walking Dead, like, it, it, you, you know, you read the title, you think it's like zombies are going to be this integral part of it, but it's actually like... It's like a people the, story. It's a people story, exactly. And that's why, it, it, like, I agree with you totally. It's, it's Pride and Prejudice first and zombies second. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, and like they, they do very little world building as far as like what zombies are. Like they sort of give a little bit of facts about them, but there's not really like a you know like a, yeah a comprehensive. And know, I rundown. I almost like that because yeah. you they they present it as this is a zombie like you've seen in every zombie movie. Just shut up and enjoy it. Like it's not I mean, like some really though, mad right? scientist because I think if I remember the explanation was some plague from the spice trade in their many yeah. colonies uh, infected england yeah but, um, but they, they they do do a little bit with like intelligent zombies which isn't really like a you know it's not novel but i and i like how they i did like that was pretty unique actually saying until a zombie tastes human flesh it's not rabid yeah that i don't know if i've seen any anyone else do that so that was somewhat unique yeah it was it was like a almost like a um i am legend kind of thing where it's like the you know the 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 zombies are actually just becoming a predominant like new culture rather than right just and being, and you could see yeah. that from that that like there was the hope before the very ending uh spoilers just so like go watch the movie if you're listening to yeah this. um but there was like i almost thought oh are they going to coexist humans and zombies together well, you know like yeah who yeah knows? And, and I liked, I really liked how they, they, they sort of did, uh, uh, there's a two, there's two parts to it because first of all, I really liked how they, um, what's that guy's name? Is it, 
who's that soldier i mean they, they've reused all the same names who's the yeah, like wickham wickham they used wickham as sort of the guy presenting this like human zombie diplomacy which if this was a gen, you know a more generic movie that might key him in as the good guy which it sort of did right it, like it if you if you do nothing about pride and prejudice like you do yes nothing, you'd be if, well and that's why yeah, it's so good is because exactly. wickham is the seemingly good guy who's awful mm-hmm yeah, so and, it's like yeah. so perfect, and like so they, they yeah they're excellent at using the the, the, the zombie narrative to like reinforce these tr- the the Definitely. existing plot right, but like yeah it's but I love that they also flip that in its head of like you know because typically the guy who's like advocating for diplomacy turns out to be like the good guy and he was right all along and like that's the solution but like right like no it's like yeah we got to kill all the zombies and, and darcy like, the guy who's like yeah. kind of a dick for being like a maybe too hot-headed zombie hunter yeah. is the good guy he's he's vindicated in the end because zombies are bad you can't they, they proved in the movie you can't really they they won't coexist it's impossible exactly yeah um, yeah i did appreciate uh, Wickham's math that he provided that like we can't keep up with zombies because it takes nine months to birth a baby, sixteen months to make or sixteen years to make him a soldier, and a zombie takes one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, was, was a very good argument for why humans would lose. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna save that talking point when you need to. <laughs> Except when I need to convince the world that zombies need to be reasoned with, I will yeah. use that talking point. <laughs> George, how do you feel about brains? <laughs> um, so, uh, going into a somewhat separate point here, but it's still related to this whole, um, the you know this obviously this movie, but this whole theme here yeah. is because we, we've been talking about how they they made sure that it was still Pride and Prejudice movie ideas themes and all that, mm-hmm. and I definitely picked up on a huge one. I don't know if you did, but it yep. makes so much sense to me, and I'm curious on your thoughts. So, in the in Pride and Prejudice. Um, reading is one of these things that binds Darcy and, um, what's her name? Um, Elizabeth. Is it Elizabeth? Yeah. Darcy and Elizabeth, they're both readers and nobody else really reads as much as they do. And that's kind of like their bond in the original Pride and Prejudice or one thing they bond over. And I noticed that martial combat Mm -hmm. was basically replacing reading in the book, in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And it, so, it, it, yeah, and I totally picked up. Yeah, and well, I was gonna say one of the greatest scenes of that is when she she he she pulls out the art of war, right? Because it's like it's the, yes. the it's the bridge between the books and the movies. It's a book yes. about fighting. <laughs> yes, and yeah. I, I I I was at a loss because they briefly mentioned that some people studied Japanese and some people studied Chinese. I like I didn't understand if there was a significance. If I I I didn't know going in how far should I be de- like studying this film or should I just like sit back and laugh? So I was and that one I I missed any deeper meaning. I I think I you know I was confused too and I, I sort of liked it because it was uh, I I do want to talk about this in a in a broader sense because I'm sure mm-hmm. you do too is that that. In the opening cinematic, it was really funny. They had these like basically paper cutouts when they like were talking about the like studying the Oriental arts, and they had like these like fat British guys doing like ninja poses. Yeah. And stuff. But like, yeah, I I I I I think what it might be connected to is potentially that was there a difference in the type of literature that uh, Elizabeth and Darcy were interested in, and that might be translated because darcy was a fan of the japanese martial arts yes and she was uh elizabeth was a fan and in fact all, all of elizabeth's family was a fan of the chinese so i don't know if that, you, there's some, i don't recall yeah. 
I, I really don't. Um, the only thing they yeah. say in the film was that uh, uh, Japan was for the strong and Chinese was for the wise. I yep yeah that's I remember and too. I don't know if that's some some statement that Elizabeth is wiser or the Bennets are wiser but Darcy is stronger. I'm if that was the narrative then I it really didn't come across. Yeah, it was we well it's also weird cuz they they explicitly did kind of a roll credits thing on Darcy where he got called out for being prideful and prejudiced, which in the yes. books it's more about Darcy being prideful and Elizabeth being prejudiced. Yes. So there was sort of a flip there where they made um they made Darcy sort of the I mean Darcy almost comes off as the main character in 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 he, the in the books which or in this movie which is a big flip too from the yeah, well, and I'll say, because I'll say, yeah, you're almost right that Dar- he does seem like it, because in this one, in Pride and Prejudice, you could tell that, oh, Elizabeth, oh, she's she's so silly, she, you know, sometimes she's like, she doesn't know the truth about Darcy or all this kind yeah. of stuff, but in this one, she did no wrong. Elizabeth mm-hmm. was always seeming to be in the right. Yeah. And in yeah. that way, it kind you're right, it kind of did make her seem like a secondary character who has no faults and doesn't need to improve, whereas Darcy, we do see him not change, but we do see his development as he, you know, we see him fall in love with Elizabeth, just like in Pride and Prejudice too. Exactly, yeah. And it's, well, and there's also a broader kind of thing here where they're basically like, there is a sense where okay, so old Pride and Prejudice like, it it has, it a, a big part of it, right, about, and about Jane Austen is sort of talking about female agency and... Oh, I like, want to talk and, about that, yeah. And, yeah, and like the, you know, it's not, I would... I mean, in a good way, it's not your stereotypical, like, powerful woman story, partly because it was written, you know, in a time when a story like that, you know, if it was, like, an explicitly powerful woman story, like, maybe one right. that might come out now, it might have been, you know, considered, like, heretical or, like, you know, it, it might have not even been able to be published. But there is an interesting change here where now they can sort of fully expand out that, like, powerful woman story and make the women literally, like, powerful characters they were like the coolest fighters in the in the movie yeah and it's every single sister it's not just elizabeth it's like and there's there's definitely this thing where um mr bingley is is shown to be sort of like a uh (laughs) kind of out of his element in in, yeah i yeah i I hesitate to say the word coward because when push came to shove he did pick up an axe at the one scene near the end so he wasn't a coward but you're right it was not his element Mm -hmm. whereas all the bennett uh, all the Bennett family, uh, probably due to the bidding of Mr. Bennett being a badass as always. Oh yeah, because you know, he, yeah. he he was just as cool in this one, and he was Tywin Lannister, so that's something too. Well, um, yeah, he even said but, something right, like about like my daughters are warriors or something. Like he he was proud yes. of them basically being that. Way. And I like how this one he like didn't he didn't care about Mr. Collins at all in this one. Yeah, because it was yeah. like they're gonna die like probably before <laughs> before I you know whatever they lose the house so. Collins was great, by the way. Like they, I, I like, I, I really hope. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the actors had were familiar with the the source literature, like in terms yeah, of well, Pride and the, Prejudice. The big this, three this famous ones were all British, so Matt Smith's British. Yeah, well, and this must have been. I mean, I feel like this film would have been infinitely more enjoyable to make as an actor if you knew the source material because it was it is more it's so much yeah it's so funny having watched pride and prejudice Mm -hmm. than this one because it's like wow this is a really good pride and prejudice parody not just a dumb zombie movie 
Well, the, there's uh, that scene yeah. where where Matt Smith's character, Mr. Collins, is like, uh, I don't think this happens in the book. I'm pretty sure I read this part where he okay. basically asks for um, to marry the first daughter, right? Who's the most like beautiful. Yes. Daughter. Yeah. And then and then you know he gets denied and said, oh, why don't you consider our second daughter? And <laughs> in this movie, he's like. So, so is her name Jane? I can't remember. Yeah, Jane is the eldest. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, so is Jane completely off limits then? Like, it was like a really funny line, just like. Yeah, oh, no, and then he was like, "Are you sure I can't have her?" Yeah. So, in in I remember from the books for sure, and maybe it was briefly in the movie. Um, that kind of happens. He okay. asks Mrs. Bennett if Jane's available. She says no, and then he instantly refocused on Elizabeth. There's he never goes back and forth. Yeah. Whereas yeah. in this one, they just took it as a comedic scene, which it was really funny. Like, are you sure I can't have Jane? I guess I'll take Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's just as funny. Um, or funnier, even. Um, yeah. What else happened here? So, yeah, uh, Matt Smith playing um, the Parson, uh, Parson Collins. That yeah. was, that was, he was so funny in this role. Oh, God. Yeah, just God, how he, because yeah. just like in the actual Pride and Prejudice movie, he presented himself in sort of an awkward way, but this was a little bit more in-your-face slapstick, not just socially awkward, but he slipped a few times. He was unaware of, like, the tension in a room when he was asking for scones and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So they just played him as a buffoon, and it totally worked in this well, sense. And I like I like him. I like that they kept the They preserved us of Mr. Collins, and I think what a an obvious... Like, I think... If, if I were directing this, or if I think if most were directing this, an obvious adaption of collins would be to make him kind of a creep and he's yeah. not which is what i like i like that he's a he's a man you wouldn't want to marry he's very clearly unlikable but he's like he's, he's unlikable in like a michael scott way but like yes that's like, a perfect way to put like, it yeah like he's cringy and he's not it's not that he's like creepy or that he's like trying to like you know exploit women's powerlessness i mean there is sort of like a little bit of that but that's like kind of you know general. But that's like it was Frankly, yeah. it was societal. It wasn't him being evil. Yeah. It was all just... characters do that, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, but it's um, like no, it's so, like yeah. I like that they kept that. Like his character was very well, like yeah, he wasn't done. creepy. He was just an uncomfortable character. Exactly. But he wasn't creepy. He was he was harmless. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing I want to talk about, and this is maybe me digging too deep here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. Is is there some analogy that exists between the zombies who the ones who weren't insane yet you know the ones who hadn't tasted human flesh yeah and poor people you know well in the standards of the time poor people so people who weren't fabulously wealthy i caught an anal i was the whole time i was watching it it seemed analogous to basically like a populist revolution against the aristocracy and Are, i don't know if yeah. that's me grasping at straws but it seems like most of the people in england are these downtrodden they're zombies but it's really the not very not the not nobility and then the nobility are trying to know we have to kill them we have to destroy them we can't make peace with them no no these are bad people they're going to ruin our way of life and i was kind of detecting them putting in a class struggle there well they under even, the guise of zombies they even taught remember they even explicitly say when when uh wind windham wickham 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 is talking to that one badass woman vampire slayer and basically is describing how Catherine de Burr, yeah. Catherine de Burr about the vampire aristocracy, right? Is like the whole like remember like, like they were like laughing like, oh a vampire aristocracy, like a leader. Like they explicitly like use that yes. term when yes. they say it. And 
I yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if like there's this weird thing going on where like Pride and Prejudice has all like it's it's sort of it, it's a love at its core like it's like this love story, but it's it's supposed to be saying a lot of things. Yeah, I can't tell if Pride and Prejudice or you know PP PPZ is trying to. I know I was so stuck in that, and then say more with the zombies, <laughs> or it's just trying to be like, like, like you said, like, no, they're just fucking zombies, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was stuck there. Like, do I read into any of this, or am I just supposed to enjoy it? Like, whatever. Like, it was I enjoyed it no matter what, but I was very conflicted when watching as to what am I supposed to be looking at right here? I, I mean, I think there's <laughs> definitely an element of like, like whoever whoever wrote this, whoever like adapted it. Yeah. Like someone, like there is someone, or definitely at least probably a few people, loved world building because, like, the whole intro sequence. And I would encourage anyone if they don't want to watch this whole movie, just type in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies intro sequence. That whole like like paper cutout, like kind of yeah. folding book, like it's just beautiful. Like I thought that yeah, was like, just well done artistically. Best, yeah, yeah, artistically, like and uh, the world building was good too, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I love. I mean, I might be a little biased because I love when when uh, movies or shows do that, where they have sort of an intro sequence that's told in a different, almost a different medium in yeah. like how it looks. And but it's just beautiful. It's done in this sort of like cartoony, uh, like seventeen hundred style. So like how, yeah. like like you ever look at if you ever like imagine in like a history classroom, if you ever look at like how people like propagandized like British or French back then. Yeah. Like that's exactly. sort of the closest. It was style. like old school newspaper kind of comics. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like they a look kind of cartoons. like a caricature, like in that yes. way. And, and it's, it's told in this, and they're all like, it's just pictures. There's no like, you know, moving, but they, they, you know, they sort of do sort of like a, like I said, like a pop out, like slideshow look to it. So you, it's you know, like you're reading a pop-up book kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, and, and, they, but anyway, the, the story they tell during that is like kind of irrelevant, and like and like all the stuff at the end where it's like London's infected and they're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and like you know the the, the zombies like you know not eating brains like or eating you know pig yeah. brains, and then uh, you know uh, Darcy making the decision to like cut open British soldiers' brains to feed them brains, human brains to like change yeah. their motives. Like there's all these like things that happen. And they're all kind of irrelevant. Like they don't, like they don't feel in the moment irrelevant. But you get to the end of the movie, and you're like, wait a minute, like all that stuff didn't. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, like yeah, that didn't that, mean anything. That was like, <laughs> totally like that. That yeah. was just dumb. Like they just did that for like stupid factor, I think, or like something. But, but like, did they? Like they set it up. They mentioned it, I think, three times because they mentioned. I know, but it like it didn't even ma- like it the... did not matter. It yeah, literally, literally had, didn't yeah. affect anything. It was just, um, yeah. Yeah, I was very confused. Even after watching the movie, um, I was still vaguely confident on, wait, did the zombies control London or this inner inner area part or are they only in the inner area? Like, yeah. I was still a little bit confused and it had no effect on my enjoyment of the film. But like, all, but like all of those and all those, it's because all those narrative choices, like, yeah, they turned out to be irrelevant. But they felt strong enough that you, when you heard them, you didn't think they were dumb, right? Like, yeah. In the, the in the moment, it's like, oh, that's totally reasonable. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It. So like, that's why I think I was leaning at the end. I was like, oh, this would make a great miniseries because then you could talk about like the Four Horsemen. You could talk about the yes. London. You could talk about the zombie church. Like, yeah. You know, it's I, yeah. I'm yeah. get. I'm hazarding a guess that it was completely budget constraints. Mm-hmm. why they couldn't show any of you know they really didn't do anything <laughs> in London or anything. Yeah. Um. You know, because they. It would have been a really interesting, you know, episode yeah. or two of the miniseries to have them go into London or something and see what that's happening. But, 
like clearly that wasn't gonna happen. Th- there's like a because... three-hour like uncut epic out there that you know only the oh, director's yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah, the director's cut is lying, and he he loves it somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I would have liked to see some parts explored. There were other parts that like I knew didn't make any sense in this world, but I ignored it because like you gotta sus- sus- suspend some reality. Yeah, like yeah. the the number one thing that got me was how is there food? Like, there shouldn't yeah. be any food at all. Like, because nobody's farming, because zombies are clearly everywhere. Like, yeah. I don't know. That just, like, that was the number one thing. Like, halfway through the film, I considered that. Nope, I'm, I'm just, put that on the shelf. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to suspend your disbelief for some of this, too. Because, yes. like, they, they basically make it seem like the, like, some of the zombies are intelligent. Like, a lot of the zombies are intelligent enough to, like, like, they, they even show a scene where they're intelligent enough to set a trap. To like yeah. attend a party, like clearly these zombies could construct a bridge or like you know like learn how to operate yes. a gun or like you know it's like it, yeah it, it just feels sort of like you you definitely have to like at the end of the day I think what what we're realizing the more we talk about this the more I'm thinking is that it there's not an intent behind it it's it's it was you know I think that it was a fun idea. And they were, and like, like I said, I, I bet there's just some world building guys that wanted to throw in some fun points that they know would yeah. never get fleshed out, but they exactly. thought it would be fun to do. And like, it totally yeah. worked. Like, I don't, I yeah. don't care that there's food. I don't care that zombies set a yeah. trap, but they haven't done it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's still a very entertaining film. Yeah. But it leaves some questions to be asked if you really think about totally. it. Totally. Another one, uh, yeah. like the American Revolution. Did that happen? <laughs> like, the rest of the world is the rest of the world infected still? Like, I. I want to know these things. Did the, did Napoleon rise to power? Yeah. What, what are what are these like academies like where they train for zombie slaying in Japan and China? Like you could do a whole yes, like, you know, series just about that. Like that sounds interesting too. It's like it. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I here another another thing that's interesting is uh, so you know Ty, both uh, Charles Dance who plays uh, Tywin Lannister and um. Lena Headey. Lena Headey, who plays Cersei, are in this movie. That was post Game. Of, this is post Game of Thrones. So like, isn't that amazing? They, they picked them. Yeah, they must have picked them knowing, and they basically play themselves. Uh, it was during Game of Thrones. During Game of Thrones. Well, I meant po- post is in like it's post like their their Game of Thrones is started. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 So it's like it and and she Lena Headey basically plays herself in 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 most ways like a a badass woman mm-hmm. but in this in this in this movie she's more of a like a physical like she actually like is out there kill yeah although we never yes. actually see her kill zombies right like uh, <laughs> except for that one little cut scene i think we see her kill some maybe yeah you're I'm right sure. we do see her and then I, I oh and she even it. has her like robert strong and that one guy who uh yes the uh, she makes elizabeth yeah. fight I like know. that was well yeah. you know because that was literally the lady catherine de burr scene that they have in the real Pride and Prejudice, but with swords. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's all they did. It's Well, isn't that great? Because they, so what they do too, and I want to talk about this, because there's actually a scene where um, they take an argument between uh, Darcy and uh, Elizabeth, and they make it both a a speaking argument that it wasn't the original Pride and Prejudice, but also a sword fight. Yes, that was one of the best scenes. Flirtatious, like, he he cuts her blouse open, and she cuts the buttons off of his shirt, and, like, it's it's like, this movie is, like, (laughs) it's just got so much stuff going on. It's got, like, 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 it's got (laughs) these, these, like, what we were saying was, 
right? Like there are choices, intentional choices where they are making the the zombie narrative actually part of the original narrative. But yeah. then, like we said, there's a lot of these choices that are totally irrelevant. Like, it, I, I just it just blows my mind. Like the more <laughs> we talk about this, there's so many I don't want to. I don't want to say it's this deep movie because it's Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Like it shouldn't yeah. be, but it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that's why it's so. It's such a weird movie. And okay, I, this is the first note I wrote down when I was watching it. And I don't have yeah. any follow up to this except just the statement itself. Yeah. So in Pride and Prejudice, which didn't have any of the zombie faff to deal with, they had to cut the character Mr. Hurst. In Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, he was in it with some lines that he had in the book. How did they fit in a Mr. Hurst character, but the actual movie didn't? No, no, on top of that, they have, they not only do they have the, the sister or the person who Mr. Darcy's supposed to marry, they have her, the other friend. Because remember there were two. Yes, women. Mrs. Hurst. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Hurst. Yeah, yeah, the other sister. They got. They have more characters from the book in it. No, that was. <laughs> and it was a different movie. <laughs> that was one thing I wrote down too: is that they preserve the dialogue better, and thus I, I, I would assert, I, I will make this assertion that all right, this all right, is I'm a ready. better Pride and Prejudice movie than the 2005 <laughs> one. <laughs> um, I want. Hmm. Because here's another thing, too, is that one of the best characters in this... I, here, I, I will say that I think the only detracting part of this one, or the, the only, like I guess, drop in quality, sure. is that most of the... like Pretty much across the bar, all the actors are worse. Except for, I think, Charles Dance plays a pretty good dad. But he's, yeah. played, him, he's played him differently. He's playing him less like friendly. He's more of a, a firm like loving dad which is yes, which is still exactly. a good take but like and it makes sense yeah. in the world where there's zombies and everything's militant it makes sense that he might become firmer yeah um you know what hunter i'll i'll give you that i will say i won't go all the way but i'll say it's as faithful an adaptation as the 2005 <laughs> film i'll get, i'll put I'll, it on yeah. par with it i um, i will say yeah. the, the <laughs> this might be i mean this is yeah, we can basically say whatever we want in this podcast because it's ours. But That's I will say, this is like Pride and Prejudice if you shot it using, like, porn actors as the... Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, basically yeah. how it feels, right? Like, it feels like... like that's They were the all more attractive than the 2005 one. Like, I get what you mean. Because I think in the 2005 one, they were trying to get real-looking people to play uh, yeah. 19th century, early 19th century people who weren't as pretty. They had older style makeup and dress. And in this one, they were wearing modern makeup. They all looked fabulous in every single scene. Oh, God. I, I, I get what you mean exactly. What if that's the dark, the dark secret is that they shot this as a porno and then they realized that they're having more <laughs> fun just actually making, making They cut the porn scenes and just released it as a zombie film after. <laughs> that's literally what Maybe that's yeah. what it is. It's Maybe like, that's what it is. Yeah, because it's got like, it's got like sort of a little bit like forced dialogue, not as smooth acting, a very attractive cast. <laughs> uh, also the girl who yeah. played elizabeth because i recognized her and yeah. i had to look it up she played um in the the movie about the beatles the yesterday movie that came out a few years ago mm, she okay. was the female lead in that oh okay so she actually is a is a um... so she's like a, a a bigger actress as well um, i didn't think she was a very good actor i i, I thought, yeah i yeah. I think her, I think but it's Ju- hard to Ju- judge because the actor. premise of the film is so silly. Like, I, I just I don't know what to think. Um, oh, well, doesn't this movie? Fe- it feels like way more happens, even if you exclude all the story stuff. I feel like yes. the characters almost get more developed 
In well, it was a shorter movie. It was yeah, about twenty weird, minutes right? shorter. It was shorter, right? Yeah, only an hour forty. But uh, maybe that's what led to the accelerated feeling of pace. Is that? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, hold on. Let's rewind. They included more characters. They were an equal, if not better, adaptation of the movie. They had a whole extra plot line about zombies, and it was a shorter film. <laughs> that is a testament to filmmaking. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's. I think it's also a good like. Don't judge a book by its cover because it's like totally. I, you would hear this movie, and I honestly, I mean, I think both you and me, you know, thought going into this, this movie was going to be terrible. Like I, I thought I, it was going to be hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that like regardless of whether or not how we rank this as a adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, I will, I will give this movie the stamp of exceeds expectations. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I would like, say. Uh, e- I think we, we touched on this a little bit. Even if you haven't seen Pride and Prejudice, you would still enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you know the story and you've seen Pride and Prejudice, you will enjoy it so much. So if anybody yeah. listening has not watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, do yourself a favor and go watch the movie. Yes. Yeah. Just, you have to... Hunter, I'm, I'm ready to give my rating on this film. After okay. our discussion, All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to give my rating. And I think I gave Pride and Prejudice uh, from 2005 four yeah. pearl-clutching or clutched pearls out of five. Yep. I'm going to change it. I'm going to change my previous week's answer. I'm going to give the 2005 Pride and Prejudice only a three out of five. <laughs> and I'm going to give this one the four out of five. Because this one yeah. is better. I will agree. I, I, I gave the previous Pride and Prejudice, I think, a 4.5 or 3.5. Wait, did we allow to do a half star? I think you did three and a half, yeah. I think I did three and a half. I, I I think if I if we, you know what? I think we should going forward say you can't do half stars because that defe- defeats the purpose of doing a fair point. Fair system. point. Fair point. So okay. I'll, so yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna flip that three point five back to a three and give this one a solid four. Because like yeah. it was a better movie. Yeah. It was a better. Yeah. This was a better movie than that one. I I would stand by that too. I think that like I think even if I hadn't seen the first Pride and Prejudice, I still think I would rate this as a four. It was. It was a well done movie. Like it I was, was funny. I, I it had good. Like, oh, okay. Before we like what? Before yeah. we end for the day, mm-hmm. I do want to say this as well because part of it it's a zombie movie, so there's action in it. The action scenes were good. Oh yeah, yeah. The I mean, there was a scene where all the girls are fighting with martial weapons, and they did great. Uh, the the guns are cool. Like it's oh, yeah. like the er, like early nineteenth century weapons but they're using them against zombies and it's cool. Like yeah. they pulled it off. Well, it, I, yeah, guns. I, I think, I, I think the marshals, like, I will say, I think the martial combat could have used a, maybe a, a, twi- a twig, bit better choreography and just like a little bit better. But yeah, uh, but I mean, it, like the thing is, is they're trying to do so many things on a probably, you know, I'm interested. Let's do a budget comparison before we go. Cause oh, I'm oh, I want to take good. a guess here. I want, I'll look I'm it up. A- yeah. Why don't you guess and I'll, uh, I'm going to guess the budget for Pride and Prejudice Zombies. Oh, it's got to be 20 million or less. Okay, 20 million or less. Uh, what do you Pride think? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Well, how about the original Pride and Prejudice? The 2005 Pride and Prejudice? Yep. I'm going to say that was probably $40 million. Oh my god. Wait, let me... Wow. Okay, this is going to blow your mind. So anyway, you said right. 20 million for Pride and Prejudice PPZ... And, yep, and for 40 for PP. Okay. So your both budgets are within that range. So they're they're both more than 20 and below 40. Oh, okay. They are in fact the exact same budget of 28 million dollars. 
What? Exact so what? Same. With the same budget, a shorter movie, more plot, they somehow had more of the original cast and made the same, if not a better, adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. You, you want to hear the real travesty? The, the 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 box office for Pride and Prejudice 2005 was 121 yeah. million. Okay. So they made like about roughly, is that like almost five times, almost four five times, times as much? Yeah. The box office for Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies (PPZ) was only 16 million. <laughs> you know what? That's a, like that makes sense because like it yeah. doesn't sound yeah. like it's good. We both we both said like we were not looking forward to watching this, mm. but then it was so good. Yeah, it's <sighs> the people will never understand. <laughs> well, Hunter, we're making a difference today. Yeah. We're gonna see this movie shoot up, and like it's gonna be insane after this podcast drops. Let me tell you. I I hope it does. I I think it deserves it. It's it <laughs> it was a it was it was it was a good movie. Yeah, it really was. So I I truly implore anybody who ever listens to this. Go watch Pride and Prejudice 2005 if you haven't seen it, just so you get oh. the Pride and Prejudice thing. Then watch this one and have your mind blown. Interesting. So actually, like, one last little factoid. So I'm actually looking mm. at the book Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, written in 2009, by a man named Seth Graham-Smith. And okay. what it's, it's written by him and actually by Jane Austen. Which makes sense because he what? uses a lot of quotes from her work. Oh yeah, well because it was uh, open source at that point. Not yeah, open source, but, but but that's really free. interesting that he gave her like literally on the cover it says by Jane Austen and him. So that's so cool. he he put her right on the cover. Yeah, which is props to him. I mean, it makes sense. About, right? Like yeah. the general plot is still it is still basically Pride and Prejudice with extra stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, which is probably a fun writing exercise. Now I think about it, is to to take a a book that you know is you know famous and then yeah. make you know in open source and then completely rewrite the book using you know a frankenstein i guess not completely rewrite but use you know sort of a frankenstein mashup yeah with the sort of you know it could be a horror like veneer yeah. or something that they put on it so that's that's interesting yeah and so, maybe yeah. with that we should announce what our uh our next two should we announce our next two weeks i, I think we both? should because i think i think it, it I, I i think it's more fun to 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 say it like now i mean i've already said it right so like <laughs> yes so we yeah. so the next two weeks folks yeah next week we will be reviewing the movie lincoln which is on netflix so anybody can go watch it um so the movie lincoln and then the following week we will be watching uh what's it called uh it's called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer Hunter, I think. Yes, so Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer Vampire Hunter. <laughs> no, it's Hunter. Fair, Vampire Hunter. But yeah. Okay, so first we're going to watch Lincoln, and we're going to do another very uh, a serious <laughs> review of that film and the historiography around it. And then the following week we're going to see what we can learn about slaying vampires. <laughs> we're going to learn the real history the following week. <laughs> <laughs> well, for uh, Season 2, Episode 2, thank you for listening, everybody. And yeah. we hope to see you back oh, sometime next week. I do have one exciting announcement before I say goodbye. Oh, is that no, I no, did no. actually get a webcam. Uh, it'll be coming in the mail soon. So I'll need to if consult we... with my co-host. But potentially the podcast may have our beautiful faces uh, posted. Oh, well, up it might have we... faces. It might have faces. <laughs> no, but beautiful face. Hey man, I'm confident with my face. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so there will be there. There may be technical. Uh, 
improvements to the show, differences. Yeah, we'll we shall see. It. Time will tell. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. See y'all later.